Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features over in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on January 17th, 2020, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat, as we continue our discussion over the lore book Dawning Delight. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the advanced session of the week's exploration. Congratulations to those who signed up for a deeper dive. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 and this is the hunter with all the secrets, green-eyed music lover. And last but definitely not least, in the hot seat as guest co-host, we have our good friend Dr. Jazzy Bebop. Jazzy, how are you doing? Hello, I'm very well, thank you. Nice. Uh, but, well, enough with my chatter and our chatter. Let's. I know everyone is looking forward to diving into the discussion, and we have quite a few entries left to do. So let's get right to it. Um I think I'm up first. Is it, yep. Am I remembering that correctly? All yep. right. So we're going to talk about the nom nomer of the noms, uh, the drifter. <laughs> um, friendly face. And, you know, continuing with Grandma Stranger Danger's very kind ways of saying things, she starts this off pretty, pretty bluntly. She says, have you ever met someone who immediately rubbed you the wrong way? I'm like, okay, I'm done. Like, that's that's really, <laughs> that's all you need to know. Um, it's just like, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so, this is this is the one where, um, like, she's like, and, and you like, you get the sense that Eva, I think Eva says, old Eva knows a lie when she hears it. I'm like, I bet you do. Um uh, and then so she's because she starts talking to him and she starts explaining the dawning and all that um and because drifter basically says you know i don't know that i've been anywhere where that actually celebrated the dawning why don't you tell me a thing or two and um she's like okay i'll play along and uh and she keeps trying to bring the conversation back into like what is what what's going on with him and he like it's it's like listening to two manipulators talk around each other because he is like constantly dodging and she is constantly like realigning the conversation and he's constantly like deflecting it back. And, and then basically he gets he like starts getting quartered and he's like, well, best be on my way. <laughs> Taking mm-hmm. enough of your time. Who knows how much of us has it left? And he just why like the decor, good colors and it vanishes. <laughs> like It's just like. <laughs> Oh, uh what was it i've heard other people talk about this strange man they mostly say the same things very friendly if a little mysterious on the other hand i've also heard some things i won't repeat they're far too gruesome to be true and i won't facilitate spreading false rumors i'm sure his eating habits are no different from <laughs> yours or mine <laughs> uh, <laughs> confirmation that eva finds his idea of eating all the things a little creepy yeah suffice to say something is off about him i'd recommend keeping an eye on him yeah yeah eva we know we we do i do also like the fact that his his particular cookies are made with taken butter and null taste and they're dark moats right dark chocolate dark chocolate, chocolate yeah mm-hmm. yeah I just so oh gosh I love I love Eva's like she's like mm, I don't uh, I mean I I can't say that I'm I don't like you but I don't like you I don't trust you <laughs> Chat at least he isn't a cannibal I think mm-hmm. I mean <laughs> oh god didn't you say he's a, he's tried to eat 
what does he try to eat? He's trying to eat something, but he can't finish it. It's a uh, scorn. Uh, he's scorn. To he's tried to eat the uh, the um, Cur- the explodey ones. Yeah, right? the explodey ones. Uh, scream! Oh God, scream! Mm-hmm. It's like one of these days. <laughs> one of these days, I'll get it. I'm like, uh, I don't know. Oh God, why? Because. Oh my gosh! Scream! <laughs> My my favorite one with him is still when he's like, you'll never see eye to eye to eye with the hive. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it was, I heard that and I couldn't stop laughing for like the first couple minutes in that match. I was just like, what just happened? Uh, so anyways, tail twice. A Tale Twice Told, I think, is the one that's up next. Yes, sir. Uh, this one is about Spider. Uh, so, man, uh, Ava has some very uh, interesting ideas about yeah, spot, uh, yeah. who Spider <laughs> we're, starting, we're starting this episode off right off on the creepy stuff. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, she said, you know, she starts off, but I've loved Coming back to the towers, reconnecting with everyone. I missed my friends while I was away, and I thought about them every day. Even when what you're doing, what you know is right, and it can be hard not to wish for times past. Um, she says, you know, she wants to catch up on everything, but, you know, guardians are so busy, and you can barely get a word out of them most of the time. <laughs> and she feels like she's just getting drips of information. And, um, she says, Spider is a name I hear over, but who is he? A common criminal? A deity? A friend? Some accounts paint him as all three. What is it about this spider fellow that compels these guardians soul? And do I do I have it right that he feeds on ghosts? Ghosts, what an utterly despicable practice. Even the, even the most detestable ghost doesn't deserve that kind of treatment. Yes, I am thinking of one in particular, but <laughs> I'm afraid old Eva will keep that secret to herself. <laughs> Makes me wonder, geez, who's this detestable ghost <laughs> she's thinking of? Um, and then she says, you know... For- <laughs> From what she can put together, the spider fellow had a group of barons. Um, I I think, if that's correct, his relationship with them seemed tenuous. I don't know what one gets up to on this tangled shore, but I think he had them all killed. Um, before that, though, <laughs> spider's barons broke into some kind of high-security prison out in space. They were looking for something belonging to spider. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was ghosts, or maybe it was weapons, although why he'd have someone look for those things in a prison, I don't know. Uh, while his barons were in there, the prisoners started to fight them. That rascal, Cade Six, was also in the prison on a mission that I don't think was related to Spider's mission. They ended up in the same fight, though what it sounds like then while everyone was fighting reef queen's brother arrived and <laughs> oh she's got all the details all, all around the and she says when i first heard the story I th- at this point i thought to myself oh good finally someone on our side the awoken prince will help get things in order um now keep in mind that i had always heard he was a bit stiff but also that he was willing to help when it came down to it. That was before his sister, though. Loss can do terrible things to us. Um, And she says, uh, this leads me to the only detail I know with absolute certainty. Aldrinsov killed Cade Six. I don't know why, but I suspect it was in part because the prince succumbed to the pain in his heart and lost the ability to see things as they are. Anyway, once Spider's barons left the prison, they ran all over the reef. I guess they had found what Spider was looking for, but decided to keep things for themselves. Uh, This spider sent people after the barons, and I don't think any of the barons survived. Um, While all of this was going on, someone killed Aldrin. I assume it was revenge for Cade, but I can't get anyone to tell me with certainty who did it. Mm-hmm. Based on everything else I hear about the spider, I wonder if Aldrin also wanted his work. Um, yeah, so, and it's kind of sad. <laughs> she seems to get right down to, yeah, possibly what happened to Aldrin. She's it's nice. A bit more contemplative. Oh, sorry, you go. <laughs> no, you're good. She's a bit more contemplative, I think, in these, yeah. these entries. 
Yeah, that's the thing. I was saying, like, maybe seems like she's a bit more, I guess, empathetic mm-hmm. towards why he may have uh, gone the way he did, I suppose. Which maybe, I mean, maybe that could also lead into her, you know, thing him. <laughs> I don't yeah. go old, guarding Aldrin, please. <laughs> um, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting because it this entry is followed up with the entry on Petra, and throughout the entire entry on Petra, she's basically trying to discern if the Awoken have humanity, if they are considered part of humanity, and she talks about how if she were to ask Petra about it, she feels. Let's see here. How she, how did she say it? Is, it? is it because they are made like we are? The Cabal are roughly built as we are, but we do not consider them part of humanity. Is our shared relationship with the Traveler? As hard as it is to believe I've heard the Fallen had a relationship with the Traveler, they are not part of humanity. Does humanity consider only those who choose to walk among humans? But by that logic, Reefborn Awoken, who remain in the Reef, are not part of humanity. I don't believe that's true, and yet, Petra has spent most of her life in the Reef, hasn't she? I know she was here playing emissary for a while, but she has always considered the Reef her true home. Would she describe herself part of humanity? I think if you walked up to Petra and asked, are you a member of humanity? She would respond, I am an Awoken of the Reef. If you pressed her further and said, yes, but which side are you on? I believe she would say, the side of Queen Marisol. And so Eva continues to kind of question if humanity is something we choose and if there's stipulations tied to it. And could it be that the Awoken are part of humanity because of all of these stipulations? Individually, these ideas don't define humanity any more than a cloak defines a hunter, but collectively that they are built as we are, that they share our relationship with the Traveler and that many of them gladly walk among us here on Earth. Maybe that is what makes them part of humanity. Everything bound together just as we are all together. That togetherness is what helped us win the Red War, and I truly believe it will help us push back the darkness for good. Never forget that our unity is what makes us strong, and that the Awoken will always be a part of that. So, Eva's Eva's very reflective, and a lot more contemplative than I think most people would give her credit for if they just sat around the tower and just listened to her talk about the dawning and her her lost family and everything. She's definitely she's involved a lot more in the humanity, quote unquote, of the game itself with connecting people together. Hmm. Uh, that sounds like a good good summary. Good way of describing. But she tends to see things, perhaps, that others may not see. Like, even that one with Zvala, mm-hmm. you know, like, instead of just, you know, thinking it's a bit embarrassing that he's, you know, telling this joke and not doing it very well, she thinks he's, you know, very brave for for showing that other side of him. Mm-hmm. And she says, it's the, yeah, it's interesting okay that she that sees not. it like that. Like most people wouldn't. They just look at him and go, "Oh God, that's Zavala!" Like trying to tell right. a joke and failing. But she's like, you know, I admire him. You know, he's coming out of his comfort zone and doing mm-hmm. something a bit different. So, and it's yeah. just that realization that even though you're different, or that the people around you are different, it doesn't mean that you treat them disrespectfully. You just everybody's still a part of the group even if you don't necessarily get along with them. Granted, Hmm. Eva does have moments where she's going to avoid Eris and Asher or kind of not feel so totally comfortable with Drifter or Failsafe, but she also tries tries to see their perspective in some ways, even if she doesn't Hmm. necessarily understand it. Blue, you ready for rumors? (laughs) You get used to him. <laughs> ah, yes, that one. <laughs> so, so Eva sees a lot of things, but you know what she does when she sees something that she's not expecting? She screams and hides. I mean, <laughs> dirt is a little weird. 
I just love it. She says, the first time I ever saw Jure, I was by myself at my stall in the tower. The old tower, I suppose you'd call it now. I hadn't been there long at all. I looked up, and this man had appeared, seemingly out of nowhere. His back was to me, but even from behind, something seemed off about him, something in his posture. As he started to turn, I noticed his whole face appeared to be covered in hair, even seemed to be moving, gently flowing on its own. But there was no wind. When the light hit his face, I screamed and ducked down behind my cabinets. I was sure this abomination had come to invade us. The more of them were out just out of sight, we were done for. So she, she goes on, and she's like, and then she's like, no one else was screaming. I heard no sounds of distress. So she peeks out, she sees that everyone is just like, just going on with their business. Like, no one was panicking. Some were even talking to him. Most people just ignored him. <laughs> And so Tess came over, and she's like, what is that? And Tess is like, oh, that's Zer. He comes through every so often and sells, you know, hard-to-find things. <laughs> Could do with a bit of a wardrobe update, but he's otherwise harmless. Oh, oh my gosh. That so, is a cute story. Oh, my God. It's so funny, because it's just, it. it's again, it's just one of those things where it's like, it shows the like genuine character response of a of a character within the destiny universe like you know like it's just <laughs> oh yeah and she even goes on he's he's called zer i'm not sure why one draws the tiny arrow over his name but it's important to try and respect <laughs> the wishes of those we don't understand oh oh my, oh my gosh do you think that's Bungie giving us a jibe that we're not actually pronouncing his name I, correctly, phonetically? You know, I, I have, bet you it is. I bet you it is. <laughs> I just love the fact that she just is like, I don't know why we draw little arrows over his name. Because <laughs> I'm trying to remember what the sound is. Um, you guys go ahead and move on with it. I'm going to look up the phonetic. All right. Oh, okay. So be. I think uh, rumors is is that... Oh, yeah, so Eva's quote about Zur is, I've heard that his will is not his own, but I bet he will enjoy these. <sighs> Grandma jokes. Anyways, <laughs> rumors is next up. All right, so this one's about Osiris and... Oh, Osiris and uh, Vance as well. Um, so... The joke. The Eva joke has quite is a good joke at the start. Here is a joke for you, my friend. A follower of Osiris and skeptics sit down at a table to work out their differences. They die there. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, and then she says, "Don't ask me where I heard that, but don't be surprised if you think the people of the city don't poke fun at you guardians now and again. You're not paying attention." <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. And then says she's heard rumors about Vance. Um, rumor and says the rumors started like myths, how he might use the knowledge discovered by Osiris to perform miracles or to raise guardians to their full potential. Then, for a reason I couldn't see myself, the rumors changed. Vance was a fanatic acquainted with Osiris, left waiting endlessly on the sands of Mercury for something that would never come. Um, and it seems like she kind of feels a bit sorry for him um she says as for me i i think we should believe in things and people we can see for ourselves Um, what someone does now is better proof of their spirit than what they are fabled to have done seems to me the waiting forever for your hero to return pouring over the same books and letters relying on a hope for the future you cannot control well i see it as a waste of time then I tend to act toward action myself, busy hands, busy mind. But I also think it must be lonely and disheartening to be abandoned by your idol, even if that abandonment exists only in your own mind. I imagine a man like Vance holds a lonely vigil. I think, perhaps, he knows what people say about him, and he tries to lift himself above it, and drives himself further into isolation. But then I've never met him. I don't know which rumors are true and which are silly gossip. I only know that the dawning welcomes everyone, especially those who feel the most isolated, which is quite nice. <laughs> nice, mm-hmm. I guess, to be included. Maybe that was also a throwback to how I think uh, he wasn't, you couldn't give cookies to him last year. <laughs> he was uh, not included. So mm-hmm. apparently he just decided, <laughs> got to include Vance this year. <laughs> Summary um, of this card is that guardians are a-holes. 
That is the short and sweet version. Of yeah, of this. I mean, I just I really think that this I do I do like those ending two paragraphs on this card. Mm. Because I think it I think she hits the nail, you know, square yeah. with the whole thing with the dawning and with Vance, you know, because Vance has his own like Van, I mean, taking what you think about Vance and putting it aside for a second and then looking at the development of his story, you know, it's like it is kind of a, a sad story in, in and of itself about how that individual has been treated by Osiris. Like, you know, it's just, yeah, I I don't know. Like the more you think about what brother, the brother Vance has gone through. I mean, like the guy can't see, like he's blind and he Mm. has somehow managed to get from the reef back to Mercury. So, you know, you got to give him kudos for that. At least I also don't understand how he was reading off the data pad, but I still, (laughs) we don't question it. <laughs> maybe away, he's I don't know. maybe it's a fashion statement his blindfold maybe he's not actually blind no no he's because like that was I, thing. I know i know he is like he, uh, i know like i'm just trying to make a it was it's a textured pad <laughs> yeah, i mean yeah i'll, uh, I'll go with that <laughs> you know there's he's actual a, technology it, out there for that yeah i'm i'm still i'm still in the camp that he had a bluetooth headset underneath the uh the thing <laughs> and it was just telling him what it was saying on the pad like, but he looked down at it yeah but he was pretending because he was like nah <laughs> these guys think these things these guys will think i'm cool Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right you ready for a sad one the oh, good which one fight. Is this one? Oh, this is yeah. Nadia. When the guardian, when guardians found their way into the dreaming city, many of them came to tell me about it. Their stories of a beautiful place filled with towering cliffs of ancient holy buildings were like fairy tales to me. As with many of the stories I hear from guardians, I marveled that such a thing could be real. I remembered in particular an awoken warlock named Nadia, who came to visit me in the way many guardians do: quiet, sheepish. Hoping for tea. So, Blue, I, if you could remind us who Nadia is, that would be amazing. Because I'm actually, I, I remember that it was, it came out during season. Yeah, she actually isn't season in of the, four. the lore. Hang on real quick, I'll pull up my sheet. But Nadia sat at my table with her untouched cup of tea. Basically, she says, I feel like I found a piece of myself and then lost it all at once. I know guardians aren't meant to look for their heritage beyond the traveler, but the dreaming city felt like home. And she's she's kind of sheepish about feeling this way. And the reason why she's she feels like she lost it is because the dreaming city immediately got thrown into the curse cycle. So she got it back for that brief moment, and then the curse cycle happened. And so it feels like it's already been defiled, and she's lost it again. Mm-hmm. And she she feels like she's mourning the loss of something she never really had. And Eva kind of goes on to, she doesn't necessarily understand the plague of the Awoken Homeland. And this is, again... I had this that theory that came up last week. This does kind of lend itself to that theory just a bit. I know that it came about through a great misunderstanding and peril. I know that Eldrin Solve and another creature I had never heard of were at the center of that peril, but from what I hear, there were no clear enemies in that story. No single place to lay blame. But yes, Nadia is... Mm-hmm. And this is the only mention of this character that I can find. Which is interesting because all other characters that we've had so far have been big names, names that we interact with, or at least know a little bit better. So here at the end, it says, I think we are not defined by our successes, but by our ability to keep fighting when the fight seems unwinnable. Not just guardians, all of us. Thank you, all of you, for being an example of that spirit, which I think is the crux of that card, meaning the purpose behind that card is to to have that keep fighting even though things are hard kind of moment. And yes, it's really sad that 
she's relating the aspect of guardian awoken guardians getting to the dreaming city and having it immediately taken from her or taken from them. But the fact that we keep fighting is I think the, the main purpose of it. Blue. Would you like to talk about a very nice young man? A very nice young man. Um, (laughs) This is actually going to be, yeah, this is actually really like kind of a good segue into like next, next week's episode. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, so a very nice young man is actually Eva's encounter with Saint 14. And, you know, it's, it's really calm. Like it's really, it's just, I think it really does justice to Saint 14, um, about how how humble Saint Fourteen actually is, um, and then because like she she basically she's sitting she goes and she sits down, uh, you know she kind of takes a break and she she gets she says she gets so busy it helps to step away for a little while and remind myself of what's outside, um, and so she's sitting and watching the birds and the ships and you know the clouds and all that and a tight a very tall Titan comes up and. And it says, excuse me, ma'am, would you mind if I sit here? And so she's, you know, she's like, okay. Um, and I love that she's like, I shifted. And then his shoulders were so broad that I had to shift all over a little more. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that, that sounds accurate. Like, he's huge. And he's like, this, he's, I mean, he's just a big guy. And so, and then like, but the the funny thing is, is like he had a bag of bird seed. And so then he started feeding the pigeons and she said that she noticed a few more than usual the instant he sat down, which is kind of funny because <laughs> the pigeons are like, oh, oh, food's here. Get <laughs> down here now. Um, and so it was actually she she didn't even really think anything of it. But then another Titan came up and said, basically, you know, it's such a she's like really nervous was she said, it's such an honor to meet you. You're an inspiration to Titans everywhere. Um, and it was, and then she kind of turned to him and, and she said, as mostly as a joke, she's like, are you famous? And so she's like, oh, well, my name. And he says, yes, a little bit, <laughs> like just <laughs> a little, a little just a little. <laughs> um, and she says, my name is Eva. And he goes, Saint. And she says, she sits there for a second. And she's like, Saint 14? Like, like, it's like, oh my God. And it's just like, and so it's just so funny. Like, she was like, she's just like, wait, what? Like, and she says, as I said, I've heard the legend of Saint 14 before. Many legends of remarkable guardians make them seem like mythical figures, so far removed from anything the civilians of the city will ever see or experience. The legendary Saint 14 does not seem that way to me at all. In fact, I think he is a very nice young man. Which is adorable because he's an exo and a guardian and just very sweet. That is very cute. Mm -hmm. And he has an affinity for pigeons. I love that. Mm -hmm. Oh, this next one. I'm excited for this next one because I think this next one is interesting as all get out. Yes, so this one is quite short, called A Note of Warning. Um, So not about uh, probably anyone in particular, although it could be a little bit of a hint towards uh, Callus, but yeah, more a general warning. Um, So uh, Eva is essentially a warning about, you know, that it's nice to receive gifts, you know, especially when someone... You know, especially a thoughtful one that was chosen for you by someone you care for. Um, If you approach gift-giving with love and a selfless heart, it deepens your relationship to another person. Um, And that it can be as rewarding to give a gift as to receive it. But um, if if you find yourself receiving many gifts, maybe unexpectedly look to the giver. Have you given them anything? Gift-giving is not score-keeping, but when you are showered with luxuries made of gold engraved with your name, lavished upon you with great bouts of flattery, stop and think about why you have received them. Sometimes you should question these gifts. Consider who the gift-giver has favoured before. Why you? 
why now? If you have no satisfying or reassuring answer to these questions, the chances are good that this gift giver is carefully telling your debts and one day will move to collect them. Not all gifts are given freely. Remember that. That's all, my dear friend. I have no story this time. Just a warning. Um, yeah, it's the same. Probably could be related to Callus for one mm-hmm. thing, with all that mention of, you know, gifts made of gold and certainly has been showering our guardian with gifts. But, um, yeah, probably just could have been a general warning as well. Yeah. I think it's a nice little reminder, which is also interesting considering how many cookies we are required to give <laughs> characters in game. Yes. But, <laughs> but it's That's also... True the nice little reminder of it's not a it's not a tally it's not a who gives who gifts you should get gifts back because you gave these gifts it's not that kind of thing so yeah like you should be doing it you know selflessly because you want to give not like not because you're expecting something in return right yeah i'm probably a good idea to say yeah if someone's giving you all these weapons and all these things and you know not asking for anything in return maybe that's a bit sus (laughs) they might want something down the line (laughs) yeah definitely would seem to apply to callus i suppose (laughs) or maybe others in general perhaps the next card is actually a really sweet I don't know. I think it's more humanizing to Ada than a lot of the cards we've had had of her. Eva talks, and this is called A Touch of Style. Eva talks to Ada for the first time in weeks. Leading up in the preparation of the dawning, she came to me at my stall and lingered off to the side as I spoke to a customer. She was standing there pretty silently and maybe perhaps slightly nervous. And then once she was done with the with a customer, Ada asked, is the dawning a guardian holiday? And from the rumor mill, mill which apparently Eva is very privy to in the tower, <laughs> the she kind of remembered that Ada was not, she's not a veteran of the tower. She's fairly new to it, all things considered. And she responds to Ada saying, the dawning is for everyone, everyone in the city and beyond it, if they would like to celebrate. And Ada kind of took a moment just to think about it a little bit. And she then, Ada says to Eva, says, I have seen your patterns, your color schemes for this holiday. I have some ideas if, we, if you would ever like to hear, hear them. And like good old grandma who used to do shaders and all the designs for us as guardians gets really kind of excited with that. She's surprised I asked her for her thoughts right away. And she quickly learned that she has an impeccable sense for color and design. She didn't care to overtake the project of designing shaders for the dawning, but she acted as a quiet and talented consultant. Over the next week or so, we spent many hours together sorting through rolls of fabric, comparing colors, considering combinations. While I think she remained wary of growing too chummy, I like to believe she started to warm to me and to the idea of becoming a part of a long-standing city tradition. I know very little about Ada except for that she lived through the Dark Age. Those were harrowing times. Guardians then were not what they were, or not what they are today. Living through times of peril can affect us in many different ways. Sometimes those experiences change us for the better, and sometimes they don't. After all she experienced, Ada made a way of life for herself that suits her, and she has slowly begun to reconcile that life with the life she see with the lives she sees being lived here in the tower and the city. That takes courage. I admire it. I kind of love that Ada is has taken on a little bit of her kind of her mother's flair for color and design. Oh yes, that's a good point. Or at least taken on the same kind of flair for that that not just her mother but also the that whole family that grouping of the three women that were working together for the the Black Armory project. It's nice, nice to see she has a she has a purpose and kind of has found her a different part of herself in the tower. Blue, a necessary distance. Yeah, this is another one that's like really, I think really, really well written. Um, it's a kind of an update 
on Eva's view of Eris and um I think it also does a really good job of capturing Eva's view of the difference between a guardian and a civilian or a mortal. Um she says that she knows guardians experience things that many of us will never fully understand. Uh, she says only foolish people would say, I wish to live forever if they're looking to find happiness. Um, and she goes on to say, you know, the nature of your lives is a great gift from the traveler, but also a tremendous burden, one which the guardians of the city have taken on willingly by living here with us. Uh, and because of that gift, because of that traveler's light, the guardians are constantly placed into danger. Um, she says, you know, the stakes are different, but the emotional toll is not. How much do you rely on desensitizing yourself to fear and trauma in order to do your essential work? And, you know, she goes on to talk about Eris, and she says that while, while Eva likes to try to figure out a way to bring cheer or good conversation or good food, she always has viewed Eris to be the opposite. Um, she had always accused her of, of oversimplifying, she always oversimplified her and accused her of being gloomy. And However, with with the whole, I think this was after Shadow Keep. Am I correct on that one? Is that yeah? Uh, so this would be this would be this most recent season of Dawn. So, um, so this is after the events of Shadow Keep, um, or or we're currently in Shadow Keep, but after the initial events of Shadow Keep, you know, and she says that you know, however, I've begun to think that Eris just sees things from a different perspective than I do. The things that she has experienced are beyond anything I can imagine, and so we see the world in different ways. And I, I, I'm actually just going to read the rest of this because I really like the way it's said. She says, so yes, I believe guardians and non-guardians should live closely and try to focus on our similarities. But I also understand that sometimes our differences push us apart. For some of you, it is a necessary distance that you must maintain in order to do your work. This is a truth we must all learn to live with. All that said, Eris does play a part in many of our traditions, especially the Festival of the Loss. What a fuss she makes, though. The first time I asked her for help, she said to me, Eva, the work I am doing is essential to humanity's survival. I do not have time for a, a party. I said what I always say. The little things will get us through just as much as the big things. Let's not allow the flowers to wilt in the pot while you're still digging the garden, Eris. She never likes this, or she never likes that, but she always agrees. And I think she likes taking part. I once saw her hand a box of raisins to a masked guardian, stone-faced, and then turn around and smile. Eris, smiling. Once I plan a dawning event to put her in charge of, we'll have her grinning ear to ear, I'm sure of it. Um, I just, I love it. I I love this card because it shows, again, it, it shows like how Eva is I, th- I think somewhere earlier in chat someone said something about Eva's kind of like the tower therapist um, <laughs> she she really is and it's mostly because Eva doesn't Eva does a really good job in just accepting it whether it's guardians or non-guardians just accepting people the way they are accepting them the with all their faults with all their problems and just being just making it that she's like that's okay because you are, you know, you have a part to play in this in this machine that we all exist in. And I think that goes a long way in dealing with, you know, the Guardians especially. Because the Guardians have, for so long in, in the city, in the story of the city and the lost, the last city and the tower and all that, they've been, they've been apart from the city. They don't really know how to fit in other than to be that silent protector and eva again i kind of view eva as like that bridge that exists between the guardians and the non-guardians and in kind of being like no you can coexist you are welcome like both sides of the coin need to coexist you know her her view of failsafe kind of makes makes it its name here too you know you have a happy and a sad part well that's not fun for either of them like it's it's you need to have a balance between the two. Do you want to talk about the broken frame? <laughs> I think that's May of the lucky mm-hmm. love entry. Dawning right. helpers. Dawning helpers. So this is about uh, uh, Benedict. 
the uh, frame <laughs> working, working, so to speak, for Callus. Uh, so Aivra starts off with this, saying, you know, that the frames in the tower have been, you know, very helpful to her. Um, you know, they've helped with uh, with all the holidays like uh, dawning and festival lost and all that <laughs> she says i'm not as young as i used to be and there's an awful lot of confetti to sweep up after the celebrations <laughs> die down so sweep up what coming in useful there um and she says one you know one day she she found herself you know in the annex um she had a box of streamers and she was looking for some help um and at the bottom of the stairs sweeping the same patch of clean floor was a frame and she felt an instant sympathy for it, and then a practical annoyance. Surely we could deploy our resources better. And the frame said, I am here for maintenance. And she says, you seem maintained. Um, and she held out the box of streamers to him. And this room looks well swept. Perhaps you could help me decorate the courtyard. Uh, the frame tilted his head down to look at the box. I I don't think I can read this out. I'm here from mm, <laughs> and then it's like yeah. His excellencies do not engage in conversation. <laughs> I'll let Green do it. <laughs> She's good at this. Majesty mad maintenance. I'm here for maintenance. Green's having um, fun so- with that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, Eva's humped to herself, you know, sat down um, my box and took the broom from the frame. I leaned the broom against the wall and picked up the box again. Her back was already aching. She gave the box to the frame and then pointed to the stairs and told the frame to come along with her. And uh, with some coaxing, she managed to look to the courtyard and she pointed to the places where she wanted it to hang the streamers and it just said I am here for maintenance weekly and it said you. weekly it was like protesting I'm here for maintenance <laughs> and it said I le- um, Eva says <clears throat> sorry uh, I left it to the work without much hope that it would get done to my standards, but one can't be choosy when one is on a deadline. <laughs> Not surprisingly, when I returned, both the frame and the box of streamers were gone. Deciding to choose my battles, I let it go. And now I am ever more grateful for the friendly, functioning frames in my employ. All I, now, like, all well, I there. have in my head is, like, as soon as her back's turned, Benedict's like, get, to, get out, get out! She just runs away, like, ah! Mm-hmm. <laughs> just oh, running gosh. away with the streamers yeah, yeah just like ah! <laughs> i like how he, there's like this slight moment where you do the whole emperor callus bit no but then it also is like uh-uh don't talk to this one do not engage do not engage <laughs> do this not one's engage. bad <laughs> do not do this one <laughs> Oh, this is good. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny one to end on. The mm. fact that of all of the dawning, Benedict is the least helpful. Period. <laughs> Even Eris is more helpful than Benedict. <laughs> That's saying quite a oh, bit. Oh dear. Oh goodness. Benedict stole the streamers on Callus's orders to decorate the tribute hall next year. That would be hilarious. Oh, I like that. That that's, be, that's a good one. That would be amazing if Callus <laughs> took on the dawning, quite literally. That's that's a good headcanon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Black Flag. Black Flag is hitting on one of the things that I am going to continue to similar sort of break. <laughs> My theory that Eva oh, is dear. soon. Yeah, I it's it's not a serious theory, but there are things that make get out, you go get out. Huh? <laughs> get away from her. Just um oh Zavathun Eva. Grandma Grandma Thun. Grandma Stranger oh, Danger. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. Oh dear. It's so bad. Alright, so we finished Dawning Delights. There are 
I mean, there's other aspects of the donning, like the gifts. Last year, we did a when we did the episode on the donning, we talked about the gifts specifically. Mm-hmm. I don't know well, if we didn't really do gifts this year. No, it was more just here's cookies. cookies. Give me, give me RNG. <laughs> that's what that's what I. I was like, I did it a couple times. I'm like, wait, hang on. Where's my where's my one arm sweater? Like I was like really sad that I didn't get to take him a new one arm sweater. Yeah, we did do cookies last time, but last time we had the gifts that was kind of more the main quest I would say in the dawn. This year it's just go give cookies to this person, go give cookies to this person, go give cookies to this person. And granted, I will fully admit I only handed out six cookies because I was like, uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, I think I I think I did a little bit more than that just simply because, but yeah, no, I, I didn't get nearly as many, but but again, mostly because again, it was just like, I was like, I don't know, like without the gifts, it just didn't feel the same to me. Perhaps last year I fed Rahul a ton of burnt ends. (laughs) Just saying like that man, the web comic, you're going to like it. (laughs) Poor, poor Rahul. I don't know. Is there uh, any other things about the dawning that stand out to you guys? Eva's mm-hmm. Eva's hand in the dawning is like a big thing, but well, I mean, it was like in the lore. Uh, it was the um, oh, we did do. Uh, I don't. There wasn't an entry for it, but you did. You did have a chance to give Riven a cookie, which was an interesting project. Yes. I managed to do that actually. Oh. <laughs> that was that was interesting. I uh, mm. used I used the wall. I figured out how to use the wall of wishes. I was like, I'm just gonna do it by myself. And I went in there. I was like, Have a cookie. Don't eat me. Run away. No, I was gonna say uh, in the in the lore, it actually does give the explanation of why Eva came back, which I always love seeing is like when they actually take the time to be like, Hey, this character hasn't been around in a while. Here's what she's been up to, or he's been up to. And here's actually why they're back. Like in a Hmm. logical manner. Um, You know, it it just, it's like that. It's just that little bit of polish that just kind of makes it a nice little, a little bit more immersive. Uh, I did, did want to say that I like that about this, this one. I don't know. I don't have anything else really to talk about with it besides the fact that this last series of entries, I think, is more less a ton of character development for the other characters you had in the first year's worth, like the concept about the Awoken people with her thoughts on Petra or the you get Soraya's backstory or a, a little bit of Amanda's backstory. This one, it didn't seem we had as much of that as we did the first time. It's more just interactions rather than backstory. Yeah. Do you say that's fair? Yeah, I yeah, think that. that's fair. I don't know. It's a little bit shorter episode for this one. What do you oh, think? Dino, Dino's saying that Nadia, Nada entry is from Riven. <laughs> Uh, from I that would explain the tie-in with the Dreaming City. Giving the cookies. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, she she was she was the one who sat down with Eva and was kind of sad about once she got to the Dreaming City and found her home, it, it was mm. immediately taken from her with the curse. Mm. Yeah, I guess that's the tie-in with Riven. Uh think it was a bad move to put Alden's lore the ship oh eververse ship i don't think it's a bad mood per se i mean it is an important piece of lore but it was an interesting choice uh the name made a lot of sense it's a tie into amnesia so Mm -hmm. which i mean it's kind of the point of that entry is he doesn't really know what's going on do you want to read that entry since it, we've talked about it a few times? Yeah, uh, let me pull it up real quick. <clears throat> and use that kind of as our close-up, because I'm sure there's a, quite a few people who want to know what's going on with Aldrin. Yeah. And this one is um, a nice little update of where Dear Prince is. 
course, now I can't find it. Anestia. I think I put a link at the top. Nestia. There it is. I I just couldn't remember the name of it. Okay. Uh, it's actually a cool looking ship too. Uh, not gonna lie, I like the way it looks. Uh, looks like a pod racer. Uh, so the dawning welcomes everyone is the flavor text <clears throat> and the entry says for the last three weeks the guardian has been camping in a rusted out shipping container far off the main pathways that are always buzzing with sparrows he stays out of the way of the other guardians and if he can't do that he keeps his helmet on always all he has to his name is some beat up gear a ring and a silk sheet these are the things he woke up with he wears the ring on a chain and keeps the sheet as a comforting reminder of something he can't remember Sometimes he wears it draped over his shoulder. The fabric is so fine that it makes him think about the place he must have come from before this life and how much nicer it is than where he is now. He spends his days alone. Other guardians are an unpredictable source of pain and confusion, and they see him the same way. Some react to him with outright hostility. Others are overcome by some personal and unexplained, unexplained grief. He doesn't know why. That was the most painful lesson of being reborn. It's better to be alone. So he's always alone now, except for his ghost. One night he sits with his head against his knees and listens to the different distant snaps of gunfire. He hasn't seen anyone in about a week, but he can hear them. Somehow that makes the loneliness worse, more potent. Did you know, his ghost says, bright but gentle, the purple glint of his shell reflects the half-light outside the crate, that in the last city they are celebrating... They call it the dawning. It is a celebration of friendship and hope and warmth. The guardian keeps his eyes closed and forces down his bitterness. The silence lingers between them, heavy and filled with unsaid things, until his ghost gently bumps his shoulder. To feel good, they say to each other, happy dawning. Still, the guardian says nothing, and his own silence makes him sick with himself. His ghost has never doubted him, never doubted anyone, really. He is a well of relentless optimism, and as infuriating as that is, it's also heartbreaking and comforting and a relief. The Guardian is not going to be the one to disappoint him. There has been too much disappointment in this life already. Happy dawning, he says. Such a sad. I feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. Which is, I would love to make the point, that is the actual point of this card, I think. Oh, I'm aware. It's like this. Uh, yeah, I have. Mm, mm. I. It's nice to get the. Yeah, and chat's talking the about the reiterate. Oh, sorry, sorry, Greg. Or it's like it's nice to get the confirmation that Mara didn't necessarily get her hands on him. Yeah. Because he, yeah. he doesn't he doesn't know his past life. He doesn't mm -hmm. understand what's going on. He has no clue. And that's that's what actually makes it worse is like it's like I view I view newborn guardians or new reborn guardians as like children. Like they, they don't know what's going on and, and that makes the way that we treat Aldrin here even more painful to to think about is because he has no uh, context in why people like, and he picks up on it. Like some people, even if they're not mean, they, they're they, sad. They, they're sad and they can't, they can't look at him. Um, and so like, and uh, TK, I think it's what TK from the nineties uh, said in chat, you know, since the holiday events go by real world calendar and it's been a year since his revival, that means his rebirth day is during the dawning, which means that he even spent his birthday alone and getting bullied by other guardians. Oh, poor That's really mm. sad. Mm -hmm. It's nice, though, that he's got that fire in him where he's not going to let his ghost down. It's the I same, know. I love. I love. It's that. the same fire that he had for not letting Mara down. That same mm -hmm. drive, but it's been shaped again into letting his ghost down because his ghost constantly believes in him. Right, and I think it. I th yeah, because it's like he says his own silence makes him sick with himself because it's letting his ghost down. Like I, I love how yeah. he, and that, and that kind of speaks to that aspect of the guardian 
even after resurrection, how there's like that innate um, habitual psyche or psychological makeup, right? You know, it, it shows that that was a core component of Aldrin's figure was the need to, to support and the need to, to be with someone else, which actually makes him being lonely all the worse. But it's good that he's fixated on that, on his ghost, because, you know, in the same way that he would bend over backwards to make Mara, you know, happy and that kind of led to unhealthy decisions on his part but in that same way you know i can i'm i'm really actually excited to see what his story goes from here because if he feels that way towards pulled pork i'm like there's no one who's gonna not support him as much as that ghost oh. will Absolutely. you know like yeah. like that ghost is gonna like i i just mm. I can I can think? see them growing even like the fact that they are going to probably be the perfect team. I think do you is gonna think be really that cool. there is going to be further story development with him? I or is really this the, really hope so. There is so the much last potential. Time we see him kind of card because this I could see this card being one of those. It, yes, there's a lot of potential there to to write for that, but I can see this card being that nod to those mm-hmm. in the community oh, yeah. wanting wanting to know what happened because we've right. been wondering where is aldrin he we saw him get I'm, risen last year during the dawning mm-hmm. i mean where to be now? fair the last that we saw him could have also been the final chapter right yeah. you know like it could have been uh, he sits up and that's that's the way that's you know that's the ending um i think that is done on purpose uh, obviously, it leaves that thread dangling in case they need something to pull on. Um, I really hope that we get to see more of Aldrin, even if it's in just the text. Because, again, I I really like the chemistry that they're building within this card between him and Pulled Pork. Because mm-hmm. I just, I, I love the, the conflict um, that that creates like the the ghost is like you know he explains the ghost as the well of relentless optimism i know everyone like makes fun of pulled pork for that but that's actually really strong that's that's a strength when it comes to aldrin's character especially being his character being mistreated the way he has been at this point like pulled pork is the perfect ghost for aldrin mm-hmm. and so you know oh yeah but yeah, I, I mean, like, I just, I can see so much really awesome directions that this story could go in. Uh, I really hope it's not the last we hear of him, but I, I do see what you're saying as well. It could be the the kind of the tip of the hat to, hey, this is what's going on. Um, and he kind of just fades into the background. I, I find that odd as much as they put him on a pedestal for a very long time that they would it's... just, they would just quietly dip him out like that i don't that. know if it's a quiet dip out it's the well i mean he's not this wasn't even this wasn't even in game this was just a an entry it was it's an entry in you can get it in game through right right but ship, what i mean is like there's not like it, for a character of this this uh importance it would like especially since he was such an important character and then they made the random cutscene that shows him getting resurrected. To me, it just seems like a anti anticlimactic. It it just seems anticlimactic to me that if this is the last thing that we see of him, you know, like why I don't know. To me, that's just me personally, kind of being like we we were on a high level with him. We had a random like they they went through the pain of making a cutscene of him getting resurrected, and literally that's the only thing that happens in that cutscene, right? And then this is like I, I'm like I'm okay with this being like an update, but I I would be su- I would just be surprised honestly if this is the last we hear of him. I don't know. Depends if anybody wants to write for him, and depends on where the story goes because maybe. 
maybe we do have Aldrin come back at some point mm-hmm. when we get more confirmation about what's going on with Mara. But right. I can very I mean, much so see it just not him, this being the sad ending to that story, because not all stories in Destiny have to have a happy ending. Oh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying that. Well, and even the potential is not necessarily for happy. I do see right. this being put on hiatus because I think the Awoken are going to be put on the back shelf for a while. Uh mm-hmm they've they've been front and center for a very long time and i think that i don't know what faction is going to be you know brought up but i think that the awoken are probably going to get put a little bit back um and that being said aldrin is a crucial component within the awoken chapters so like you know i think i think i agree with you if if they bring mara back i think the conflict that is potential there for her and Aldrin is is too much to ignore. Like, mm-hmm. especially knowing that Aldrin is out there, like, I just, I don't see that happening. Like, I don't see them leaving that particular piece of drama just like, it's, it's because it's such an easy story hook. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. hey, Mara's back. She wants us to go find her brother. Done. Like, that's just like, quest right there like you know um i just uh, to me that's that's me that's my dm side coming in i'm like this is an easy plot hook that just is like there like it's a massive plot hook and you you would be silly not to partake in it because especially with the emotional uh investment that a lot of people have with his character whether it's bad or good you know, right. like there's there's a lot of strength of a emotional opinion on Aldrin. So I think that's a good place to start moving up. Kind of a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well I mean right, right. I mean welcome to the welcome it's to Bungie. Nasty. Welcome to, to Destiny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll be good to same back. Stuff like that. I guess I'm a bit of a sucker for redemption stories so even if it takes a while i'd like Mm -hmm. to see um a story where he is somehow able to redeem himself you know um not that he can ever undo and like with with aldrin i think it also begs the question does he have to redeem himself not necessarily have to because you know because like technically technically his slate was wiped (laughs) like yeah I mean, that's oh yeah, the other no, thing. I mean, uh, yeah, I know that like he is technically a different, mm-hmm. but uh, in the eyes of the community, person. in the eyes of the community, yeah, yeah I guess no, I can see that. No, yeah, you know, what, you know what they should do? Yeah, I guess unusual redemption oh, no. story. Say, <laughs> and this is just me being cheeky. They should have Aldrin sitting on the old throne where Mara was when we first saw her. No, oh, he the burned that down. That he, yeah, yeah, you did, but did like he burn the room down. I he, don't know. Well, it was on fire in the in the scene. Um, but wouldn't it be kind of uh, an interesting I'm, return to that story? I'll be if honest. They just had what I what I am I'm both hoping and afraid is going to happen is that Aldrin this this version of Aldrin is going to become Crow. And then we're gonna Ooh, find him. Oh, we're gonna find him nice. in old Chicago because it's Ooh, an okay. asset that's already there. <laughs> There's the whole. It's. I mean, that's the whole. That's the whole cutscene of him standing on the building holding a gun to us. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's never been put in game. Like I can. Oh my god! Like the community will lose their freaking minds if that if that comes back like i mean because that's what six years old now yeah uh, yeah it's uh it's gonna be There's it's gonna no be no way he's gonna be hunter vanguard black no black. i don't he's i don't not, see he's not experienced enough nor old enough i would say so but yeah all right so wrap up um let's do uh shout outs green do you want to lead us in shout outs secondary shout outs uh shout outs for this one shout outs to 
my Titan buddies all across the interwebs. I know you eat crayons and some of you glue, <laughs> but I still love you. But shout out to all you guys. I know you guys get grief for all sorts of different things. And that's okay, because we all get grief for all sorts of different things. It's just some are a little bit more deserving than others. I'm going to get hate mail. <laughs> I don't understand why you get hate mail for speaking the truth. No, I mean, okay. No, I actually, I really do love my Titan buddies. Uh, they are some of the sweetest, most honest people that I've ever chatted with. And, of course, I'm assigning a personality trait to somebody who chooses a certain class. but. They, I give them grief. It's well-deserved. Shoulder charge has way too much auto-aim. But do you love them as much as they love crayons? I, I love them as much as they love glue. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. The sweetest and most honest crayon eaters. (laughs) Shit. I don't think they all eat crayons. Uh, Maybe just some no. of them. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Jazzy, do you have any shout outs? Uh, I'll give a shout out to Baxter and all the other people who help out with Ishtar Collective, all the staff and uh, all the awesome people who help us with uh, with doing transcripts. Um, yeah, that's all. Really appreciate the help. and Yeah. Uh, yeah <laughs> thank you for helping yeah for helping out with uh good lord <laughs> um to the yeah really great lore site much appreciated i think the thank you goes out to you on top of that because right. oh, thank you <laughs> you've, con- you've contributed a considerable amount to that website oh that, thank you very much yeah absolutely yeah it has I, been a while <laughs> And we we use that almost almost exclusively. There are a few things we'll grab from like Destinypedia, but a lot of what we deal with every week on the show, we are constantly linking back to Ishtar because that's where that's where Prime, it's at. Primary source. Certainly is. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely Absolutely. is. <laughs> For sure. Blue. Shouties. Yeah, no, I mean just again, big thank you f- to you, Jazzy, for taking time to figure out your schedule i know (laughs) because scheduling is wonderful yeah right scheduling is a nightmare when it comes to some (laughs) things and i just appreciate like people you know you you mainly uh because this this is like when we try to do the dqlrs with matt it's like so if we do it at 6 a.m is matt gonna still be awake (laughs) maybe like it's just it's just crazy but um no really appreciate you know finally getting a chance to get you on here and you know chat with us um and just you know again big shout out to everyone who's taking the time to support the australians during this 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 time like it's just i can't say that enough but uh yeah that's all i got so you know thank thank you listeners for your time and until next time remember with wisdom we conquer stand strong stand tall and keep exploring with that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire, and may your light shine bright.